Folks, welcome back to another episode of Coffee, Tea, and Crime. Today's episode, we're going to look at the Chowchilla bus kidnapping. The Chowchilla bus kidnapping, I believe, is still the largest number of victims to be kidnapped at one time. 26 children and a bus driver. So 27 total victims. Now, Chowchilla is in Madeira County, California. It's in an area of California known as the Great Central Valley. Now, allegedly, it's one of the richest agricultural belts in the world. It's about 250 miles northwest of L.A. and 150 miles southeast of San Francisco. And that area is a absolutely an agricultural juggernaut. Now the kids we're going to be talking about, they came from Dairyland Elementary School. Uh, There's about 175 pupils, and that's from kindergarten through the eighth grade. Now they were picked up for school, or driven to school, for the summer session of classes, which began at 8.45 a.m. Now all the kids, they went through their academic-oriented classes, and then in the afternoon they got to take a break and do some real fun stuff. Part of that was going swimming. Now school ended at 3.45 p.m., and the bus driver, Mr. Ray, he's got his bus filled up with the kids on his route, So now it's around 4 p.m., July 15th, 1976. Now those 26 students on his bus, you've got 19 girls and 7 boys, ages 6 to 14. Now they had done their swimming at the Chowchilla Fairground swimming pool, so that's where they were leaving from. So now Mr. Ray... He's dropping the kids off. He made three stops. And he never got a chance to make that fourth stop. Because a van blocked them in on the roadway there that they're going down. Because now these are country roads. and Not like Mr. Ray had a whole lot of options about what to do other than stop. Now... There's three fellas in this van. They jump out. They're all armed with firearms. And they got their faces covered with nylon stockings. Now they made Mr. Ray sit in one of the bus seats. And one of the these three miscreants, he kept a gun on Mr. Ray. And the second one, he drove the bus. And then the third one, He got in the van and he followed the bus. Now the kidnappers, they drove down to an area that's called Berenda Slough. Now that's a shallow branch off of the Chowchilla River. And at that location there was a second van parked. Now this slough was, it was dry at the time, but it was at the edge of an almond grove. And the bad guys, they covered the covered the roof of the bus with bamboo and other 
foliage there from that surrounding area and it's pretty thick and it's pretty pretty woodsy now later on the bus would finally be spotted by an airplane that was sent to the area to look for the bus later on that's the only way they saw it now they've got these kids in these two vans now the vans the back windows of both vans were painted black and on the interior of the vans they had put paneling in for the next 11 hours these 26 kids and their bus driver are driven around now when the vans finally stop they're at the Cal Rock Quarry now this quarry's several miles in length east and west and north and south it's a big quarry now this quarry is it's about four miles west of uh, town of Livermore California so obviously by the time the kidnappers have gotten the kids and the bus driver to this location it's July 16th now everybody's out looking for the kids but they're looking for the kids in the wrong place because they're looking for the kids right there in the area where the bus was supposed to be and where they eventually found the bus no one's looking that far north for them so the vans pull up they open the back doors and one at a time the kids are made to climb into a big hole where there's a ladder and they have to climb down this ladder now after they've got the kids and the bus driver down there it doesn't take them long to figure out that they're inside a an old truck trailer. Now according to the resource material, the truck trailer is about 8 feet wide, 16 feet long. And it was approximately 12 feet underground. Authorities would later say that that trailer had been buried there somewhere around November of 1975. So about 8 months or so. It's been in the ground. Now inside the, this trailer, there's water. There's boxes of cereal, peanut butter, and loaves of bread. There's two ventilation pipes that run from the trailer to above ground. So now, meanwhile, back in the area of Chowchilla, police have got airplanes up, got Police on horseback, volunteers on horseback. They got the tracking dogs out. They got everybody with a badge of the gun out looking. They even got the locals with their CB radios out looking. Of course, they find the bus, but they don't find anything to help them figure out where the kids are at. Now, when the media asks the school people about these kids... They said that, well, none of these kids came from rich families. They were, they were just run-of-the-mill families. Because generally, when you think of a kidnapping, you think you're going to kidnap somebody that 
has the resources to pay the ransom. Now, the original plan of these three fellas, they were going to call in their ransom demand. They were going to ask for $5 million. Now, today's money, that would be about $24 million. Now, unfortunately, when they tried to call the Chowchilla Police Department with their ransom demands, phone lines were tied up because the media and the families, everybody was calling into the station to get updates. And evidently, these three geniuses didn't think to call anybody else with their ransom demands. So they eventually went to sleep. So now the bus driver, Mr. Ray, and some of the older kids... They started stacking the mattresses because they had mattresses inside for the kids to lay on. So they stacked them up and they got up towards the top of the trailer. Now at the opening to the trailer, the three losers had taken a sheet of metal and covered up the hole. And then they weighted it down with two 100-pound industrial batteries. Now it took several, several hours but finally, Mr. Ray and the oldest boy in the group, a fella named Michael Marshall, they're able to finally wedge a piece of wood in underneath that metal. And then they're finally able to move the batteries. And once they did all that, they're finally able to, to get up and get out out of that hole took them 16 hours but they got out of that truck now the resource material it's a little bit of a conflict some sources say that the entire group was able to get out of the hole other resource material says that a few members of the group were able to walk through the quarry and they found the guard shack near the Shadow Cliffs Regional Park. And then from there, the security guards there, some other folks were able to go back and help get all the rest of the kids out of that trailer. Now the police make the scene, and the closest place they've got to take them all is the Santa Rita Rehabilitation Center. Now that's in Pleasanton, California. Now that is a correctional institute so they get all the kids and the bus driver in there and they give them a little something to eat and they bring in doctors and they check all the kids and they're saying okay they're everybody's good nobody's got to go into the hospital here now that process took about four hours so finally they load all the kids up on a bus and the bus driver and they head south again now they roll into the Chowchilla police station on July 17th now, the police and the FBI, they did attempt to stake out the burial site to see if the, the would-be kidnappers were going to come back and check on their prisoners. But, due to the media having it out over the airways, there were so many people wanting to come out there to see the site that obviously that pretty well failed. So now investigators, they were able to dig that truck trailer out because they were hoping they might find some evidence of some kind from that trailer. 
Now, during interviews of potential witnesses, they had found some employees there at the quarry that had said they had seen the uh, owner of the rock quarry. They'd seen his son and a couple of his associates out there digging a big hole. So they immediately became suspects one, two, and three. And of course, the fact that the son would have had access to the quarry would certainly help in this operation. So now some of them had a criminal record, but not a whole lot. But in any event, police get a warrant and they hit this fella's daddy's house. Because of course, this, this fella evidently is so worthless, he's just mooching off his daddy. Now, during the search warrant service, they recovered one of the weapons that was used in the kidnapping because it was a distinctive handgun with particular grips on it. Now, they also found a document, and it was entitled Plan, and it was a point-by-point list of what the kidnappers were going to do and how they were going to do it and what to do if something went wrong. Now finally the three sleepyheads, I don't know exactly where they were at taking their little nappy, but when they woke up, they found out that things weren't going too well for them. So they all beat feet and left the area. Now the son, he was finally captured up in Vancouver, British Columbia in Canada. And one of his little partners, he was captured in Menlo Park, California. And then the third one, it took them eight days, but they caught him. Now, of course, the media had to ask the question, and it finally came out that all three of these kidnappers were from wealthy families. Families had lots of money. But despite that, evidently they were spoiled brats. They were all in debt and they needed money. So they figured the quickest way to get money was to kidnap multiple victims so they could get multiple millions. And he said that we pick children because children are precious, except in their eyes. Now they mentioned the fact that the state would pay the ransom. So I don't know if they already knew that these kids here, their families didn't have any money or they didn't care or what, but they were figuring the government was going to pick up the bill. Now he also later added that they pick kids because they won't fight back, they're vulnerable, and they will mind. Now it's just just a miracle in God's will that none of these children were physically hurt or the bus driver. But now the issues that came up psychologically for these kids, it's it's pretty sad how much these kids have suffered and how they continue to suffer as adults over this. Now all three of these individuals have been released from prison. I think the last one got released a few years ago or maybe a decade ago, but in any event, they're all out. They're all out, 
these poor victims are still suffering with what they were put through. I don't know if that's justice or not.